can't get enough of the podcast? Lucky for you, our video IQ platform on adorebeauty.com.au houses thousands of articles on skincare, makeup, hair care, and more. Plus, you can find a heap of video tutorials, ingredient spotlights, and brand breakdowns on our YouTube channel. Just click on Beauty IQ in the menu bar of the website or app or search Adore Beauty on YouTube for more beauty content. Welcome everybody to Beauty IQ, the podcast. I'm your host, Joanna Fleming. And I am your co-host, Hannah First. Did you know that we have now recorded 38 episodes in lockdown? Oh my, no, no, we haven't. Yes. Isn't that wild? I can't remember the last time we recorded in the studio. I can't remember either. I don't know that we ever will because I'll be in Thailand (laughs) and you'll you'll still be in Melbourne. (laughs) I wanted to give everyone, so you know how like everyone's been sending their friends, you know, like flowers or food or, so I have two things that I think are way better than any other gift that I've seen on Instagram. Okay. Hit me. I've sent this to four friends. I did like an Adore Beauty order to their house and I did the silk face mask and the sensory mask sanitizer. My friends were so happy. That's really thoughtful, Hannah. Oh, thanks. And they said, (laughs) I get 40% off. So it wasn't like expensive. (laughs) (laughs) And so my girlfriends were like, the best, best, best part of all is it fits my tiny head. Yes. Yeah. It's definitely made for a woman's face. And then another girl, and then the other, because I sent it to two friends, we have a group chat. She said her friends have mask envy. So Mm. yeah, that's been a big hit with my friends. And the other thing that my friend sent to me, and I think this is such a good idea, she sent me an erotic novel. Oh. And it was in like, from Amazon (laughs) and it was Christmas wrapped and the gift note said, read it. (laughs) I love that. She knows you really well. She knows me really well. So I would highly recommend buying your friends that are single in lockdown erotic Mm. literature. It's a good tip, yeah. Or a candle. A candle's good. (laughs) I just think you need to think outside the box, you know. (laughs) What's on today's episode, Joe? So on today's episode, we are talking about warts, which was actually a listener request. So we're coming through with the goods. And we're also talking to Sydney-based dermatologist, Dr. Berkey Kim, about hormonal acne, also another listener request. And of course, our products we didn't know we needed, which wasn't requested by listeners, but we're doing it anyway. Warts, Hannah. Have you ever experienced a wart? Okay, so the only time I can remember getting a wart was back when you used to have to share swimming pool like you know back when you're in primary school mm, and you're yes it's like the pool's really unhygienic and the bathrooms yeah. are really unhygienic and I think I remember getting one then but I got it burnt off and I and yes. I remember that vividly but that's only happened once when I was like 10 or like younger have you had a wart yes I have had a wart so oh. my best friend when I was younger I mean she's still my best friend now but she had a wart on her knee And I remember one day, I remember this so clearly because I was so angry at myself afterwards. So we were in her room and she was showing me this wart and I knew not to touch it because I think my mum had told me before, like they're really contagious, but I touched it. And then like a few weeks later, a wart came up on my thumb and I had to go and have it burnt off. And I remember thinking like, oh, that's my own fault. I should never have touched her wart. So Joe is one of the most germophobic people yeah, I've ever way met. Way before and COVID. Really, way before it became cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, I've always had a hand sanitizer at my desk and every time I'd like come back and sit at my desk, Hannah would just hear like <laughs> from my hand sanitizer spray. So I had to ask Dr. Lucinda about warts because obviously I don't really know that much about them. So firstly, warts are benign growths of skin that are actually caused by the human papillomavirus, which we, I think you probably would have had it as well. Did you have the HPV yeah. Yeah, immunization yeah. at school? Yeah. Yeah. So everyone, like you'd go into the school hall and everyone would be like lined up waiting to get there because I went to an all girls school, which you did as well. And everyone, you'd, you'd see like one in three girls fainting from having this injection. Whereas like, I'm all good with needles. I just can't swallow tablets, but like stick a needle in my face any day rather than swallow a tablet. I'm not, I'm not into it. So anyway, that's actually caused by the human papillomavirus. And I wondered if there was any link between a skin wart and a genital wart, which I asked Dr. Lucinda because I was like, is there any kind of like correlation here? And they're both from the HPV virus, but the location is different and the kind of the virus is different. So genital warts are obviously considered a STI and obviously a skin wart is not. So it's a completely different thing, but they're still called both called warts. We both have had experiences with having warts as kids. And Dr. Lucinda said that apparently you get them more as kids because you're like running around with bare feet or mm. like the skin barrier might be more impaired with, you know, cuts and things. And so it can allow like an infection to enter the skin. But she did say, and this confirmed my belief when I was a child that I got it from my friend, they're super contagious. So the HPV virus is transmitted by direct skin-to-skin contact and physical contact. So like you can definitely get a wart from touching someone else's wart, just FYI, if you're planning on touching anyone's wart. But they can infect healthy skin or skin that's injured or softened by water. So as you said, from the shared pools, that might have been why you go on. And it can take up to six months or longer after the exposure to the virus for the wart to actually pop up. And in terms of treating them, as you said, we both had ours frozen off and you just have liquid nitrogen put on them and they just crust over and they fall off. So if you've got kids that have warts. Can I ask a question on that though? Yeah, I'm not Dr. Lucinda, but sure. Yeah. So remember (laughs) when I was at Chemist Warehouse and I sent you a photo of like the wart stuff, you can buy it from Yes. No, there is. It's a um, salicylic acid paste, and she said it's called yes. it's called Uptons or something. It's for plant warts, which are on your feet. And I actually remember using this. It was kind of in like a little nail polish jar, and I tried this before I went and got it burnt off at the doctor, and it never it didn't work like enough for it to go away. So that's why I had it frozen off. But they're like salicylic or lactic acid paints, and they're in a little nail polish varnish jar, and you can put them on and see if it works. But I mean, she said that generally the liquid nitrogen thing is like the best way to go. So, but she also said, um, please don't do this, but there is some evidence for hypnotherapy as a treatment for warts. Wait, there is? Yeah, that's what she said. But she was like, just don't do it. Just go and have it frozen off. So um, that's Dr. Lucinda's take on it. But she is coming on next week's episode for us to talk about thrush. So I'm very surprised it's taken this long to to talk about it. I to know. Be with you. We've just had so many other things come up, haven't we? I'd love to hear your wart stories, though, everyone. Um, yeah. Because there was quite a few people that requested warts as a topic. So I'd love to know why you were actually requesting that. But anyway, that's warts for today. Uh, you can get them frozen off, and yeah. 
Today's guest is joining us to talk about something that has been very highly requested. Hannah, I think we've each received a million messages about this particular topic. Dr. Berkyu Kim, a Sydney-based specialist dermatologist, is here to talk to us about hormonal acne. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. No, it's our pleasure. Now, we need to get to the bottom of hormonal acne because I think for a lot of people, it's a very confusing thing to go through. Can you tell us when and why hormonal acne usually occurs? Yeah, sure. So hormonal acne forms as a result of fluctuations in hormones. These hormones can vary during the menstrual cycle, for example. Also, they can vary as we age. These hormones usually lead to precursors of testosterone, which is a a male hormone. And these bind to receptors that are in oil glands. Then what happens is that there's an excess oil production, which leads to a bacteria, which then drives inflammation and then the formation of acne. These receptors are more prominent in areas such as the jaw, the neck and the sides of the face, which is where we tend to find this problem. It affects women of all ages, but usually after the age of 20 with this type of acne. It can happen even though around menopause due to the change of hormones around this time. So no one's really in the clear. There are many reasons why it can occur, Um, lots of theories, so genetics, extreme stress, diet, they can all cause a flux in hormones. And obviously hormonal factors can also contribute. And these may include starting or stopping the oral contraceptive pill, pregnancy, menopause. And as a dermatologist, we also think about a set of medical conditions that can cause a change in hormones. For example, polycystic ovarian syndrome, as well as a few rarer conditions. The breakouts that teenagers get, would you still consider that hormonal? So adolescent acne tends to behave a little bit differently to hormonal acne. That said, there can be teenagers who have a hormonal component to their acne, but typically we think about it as the typical adolescent acne, and then we think about it as the hormonal acne, and and these are different in, in a few different ways. I know for myself, I usually get breakouts around my chin and sometimes down on onto my neck. How can you tell if what you're experiencing is hormonal? So hormonal ten- acne tends to occur cyclically. So for example, typically women may get a flare seven to 10 days before a menstrual cycle. The key thing also is that the distribution appears to be different. So typical adolescent acne, for example, affects the T-zone, so the nose, the cheeks, the forehead, whereas hormonal acne tends to affect the, the jawline, the sides of the face and the neck. Also, when we look at the lesions themselves, the pimples that we get with hormonal acne tends to be deeper cystic lesions, not to say that you can't get the comedones and the the smaller lesions as well. The rest of the skin in women who have hormonal acne tends to be drier than adolescent acne where the, the skin tends to be quite oily. So there are a few different ways to tell the difference. And you mentioned a little bit about the pill before in one of your answers. For women that are coming off the pill and experiencing issues with their skin, how long can they expect that to last? Like how long does it usually take to settle? So from a skin perspective, after you come off the pill, your skin can flare in the first few months. So the flare doesn't happen instantly. It can flare in the first few months of coming off the pill. And generally it takes about three to four months, sometimes longer for the hormones to settle back down to baseline. And then after that, we're looking at another three to four months for the skin changes to normalize too. And this is a variable time frame. Sometimes it's even longer than that. Now, it's important also, I guess, to note that coming off the pill 
isn't the cause of acne. So the combined oral contraceptive pill regulates hormone levels, which keeps your breakouts at bay, so to speak. And so coming off it doesn't cause more pimples. It just removes the treatment that's been controlling the hormones and the acne in the first place. But typically it lasts three to four months after the flare happens for it to settle back down. So are there any ways that we can reduce or prevent hormonal acne or breakouts around the time of your period? So we can't change what happens really on a cellular level, but there are some things that we can do to make the breakouts less severe. And it's often important to take a preventative approach, um, not to just incorporate it before you expect to flare, but to have a preventative approach generally. So how do we do this? Um, it's important to keep your skin clean at all times. So have makeup-free days and, and also avoid exercising and sleeping with makeup on if possible. Make sure that you wash your face before bed so that you're not sleeping with makeup and oil and debris on your face. Use gentle skincare. Don't overdo it. A lot of acne products can be irritating, particularly with hormonal acne, so it's important not to overdo it. Another key thing um, is to make sure that your products are all oil-free or non-comedogenic. This includes everything that goes on your skin. So washes, sunscreens, makeup, moisturizer, it should all be oil-free. That said, mineral makeup generally is better than liquid makeup as it's less comedogenic. Equally, it's important to avoid thick, heavy creams on your skin. Other things that are really important, especially around the time of your flare, is to make sure that you have a healthy lifestyle. Maintain normal stress levels if possible. Extreme stress can affect your hormones as well as your oil production. Have a healthy diet that is low GI. So the studies show that high GI foods have, can worsen acne. So this includes um, sugary foods and drinks white bread, other highly processed foods. There's also some evidence that skim milk, as opposed to say full fat milk, interestingly, can spike a hormone called insulin-like growth factor, which can drive acne. Make sure you're getting enough sleep, cut back on smoking and maintain a healthy weight. So these are all important lifestyle factors that can exacerbate acne, especially hormonal acne. And it's worth having that preventative approach to minimize the chances of having a really bad breakout before you get your flare. Finally, I guess, and also probably the most important is to address any potential underlying condition that can be driving hormonal acne, which is why dermatologists may often assess for underlying hormonal problems such as polycystic ovarian syndrome, especially if there are other signs such as irregular or missing periods or excess hair growth in unwanted areas or hair thinning. So it's important to see a dermatologist if there's any possibility of having a hormonal problem because these can often have implications beyond just your skin. Were there any like specific skincare ingredients that you would recommend? I know you said that uh, certain ingredients can dry out. Is there anything that you, you recommend like yes and, and other ones you're like, no, that, that's going to be too harsh? So yeah, so a lot of the acne products can be irritating, um, particularly as I mentioned, sometimes the skin tends to be dry with hormonal acne, which is different to the, the normal adolescent acne where the skin is oily. So any skincare that is incorporated should be increased in stages incrementally based on tolerance. It's often best done with some guidance from a skincare professional. Generally, though, incorporating AHAs, for example, such as glycolic acid, lactic acid, or my favorite BHAs for this 
condition, salicylic acid, they can help hormonal acne. And what they do is they remove the dead skin cells and they prevent clogged pores. And they're often available over the counter as cleansers. And they're a really good starting step. There are, beyond that, a few prescription creams that can be prescribed. These include topical retinoids, which do a lot of wonderful things for skin, but not safe in pregnancy and, and breastfeeding. And other creams that can be incorporated that often require prescriptions, such as topical antibiotics, benzoyl peroxide, for example, they can all help. That said, creams alone will not cure this problem and any potential perception of your skin clearing is 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 not a cure and often the the dermatologist that you see may need to start a medication to balance out hormones which drives this acne and the there are various medications that can be used it may mean that someone needs to go back on the oral contraceptive pill or start a tablet that blocks the male hormone receptor called spironolactone. There are other treatments for normal acne as well that may be incorporated, as well as physical therapies like lights and chemical peels. So lots of different um, treatment options uh, the one that we can do at home is incorporating an AHA, BHA. And obviously with any kind of acne comes the risk of scarring, which I think a lot of people are a little bit worried about when they see that, you know, they have experiencing a lot of breakouts. Do you have any tips for reducing acne scarring or preventing it? So scarring is a, is a real concern for all patients with acne, as is pigmentary change, which can be a real nuisance that lasts for many months and even years after acne clears. So it's really quite critical that we do a few things. So firstly, we need to use sunscreen, ideally SPF 50, an oil-free preparation. In a lotion base is, is preferred to a thick, creamy paste if possible. Sun protection can help minimize the appearance of scars, so it's really quite important. Secondly, it's really important that we avoid picking and traumatizing our skin, which includes popping pimples. Okay, It's important to, um, to keep our hands off our face. On that note, it's important to not scrub your face. If you're getting pre uh, procedures done, make sure that you go to someone who's qualified and experienced. It's important that you get on top of treating your acne straight away. The longer that you leave it, the greater the risk of scarring, not to mention um, the later diagnosis of a medical condition potentially that could have implications beyond just your skin. Mm, totally. I definitely agree with getting onto it really quickly. I think a lot of people buy different creams and face washes hoping that they'll be able to get on top of it without seeing a dermatologist or a dermal clinician or someone that can really help them prescribe the right treatment to their skin to help them get on top of it. So that's a great tip. The first time that I ever like experienced, like I saw hormonal acne was on my, my mum used to get like, she used to get these big mama pimples on her neck, like <laughs> even well into her forties. And I think even into her fifties and she, she never, ever got a breakout anywhere else on her face. She'll love that I'm telling this story, but she <laughs> just got these huge ones and they looked really, really painful on her neck. So it, does it really just I guess, continue on <laughs> forever. Yeah. Does it ever end is what so, we're trying to ask. Yes. So hormones can change around the time of menopause. And we know that acne can flare around that time just, just due to the, the changing hormones. Beyond menopause even, we do still have hormones, albeit at a lower concentration than premenopausal women. But postmenopausal women do have a cyclical release of hormones. And therefore, unfortunately, they're not completely out of the clear. So some women do tend to have acne much later into life, unfortunately. And does the treatment differ between someone in their 20s 
to someone in their late 50s, for example, if they're both experiencing hormonal acne, would you approach that differently? Absolutely. And the reason being that diagnosis is key. So whilst women in their 50s can get acne, there are a few rarer conditions that we would need to exclude. For example, problems with the adrenal gland or pituitary gland, um, they can often cause acne much later in life. So we think about rarer things in that age group and we may screen for them. But in terms of the treatment itself, specific treatment, essentially that is the same with the exception of the underlying problem that may be causing it. Right. Okay. Well, this is all very interesting. I hope that's answered a few of our listener questions. And I'm sure that a lot of people will be booking dermatologist appointments as they listen to this. Thank you so much for your time today, Dr. Berkey Kim. You can visit Dr. Kim in Sydney if you are based there. Thanks so much. Thank you for having me. I'm actually really annoyed by your product. I'm going to be Why? honest with you because oh, that's my favourite okay. scent. And I, know. I knew you were going to be so cut. <laughs> Lumira, I'm really angry. Why are you sending this to Joe and not oh. me? It's my favorite scent, Cuban tobacco. Okay. So just for anyone who missed that introduction, this is the Lumira Cuban tobacco perfume. This is a EDP or Audi Parfum, and it is the same fragrance as the candle, the Lumira Cuban tobacco candle, which Hannah and I both are obsessed with. It's like the best hot man smell ever, but also kind of a little bit feminine hot as man well. all the way. Anyway, so yeah, I've just been wearing this flat out and it's just a reminder of how much I love the candle. Every time I get a waft of it, when I like move around, I'm like, oh, I just love that candle so much. I love it. Yeah, it is honestly such a nice fragrance. So if you like hot man scents or you Maybe even if you wear, because I know a lot of women do this, they wear men's colognes instead of women's perfumes. If you do that, you're going to love this perfume. Well, I'm just having a look at the notes. So head is tangerine, cardamom, clove mm-hmm. bud. I don't know what that mm. any of that means. But, I mean, I don't, I don't know what that smells like when I say yeah. it out loud. <laughs> yeah. Heart is clean floral. Base mm. is mahogany, patchouli, musk, vanilla, and tobacco. Oh, mm. sexy. Yeah. Yeah. It's already making me, giving me, um, yeah, that's so, it actually reminds <laughs> giving me you of what? All, it's giving me like. <laughs> fanny flutters. <laughs> fanny flutters. Um, actually, do you know who's been giving me a lot of fanny flutters at the moment and he's not even my type is Robert Patterson. Have you been seeing? Yes. Oh my God. I'm like, so I don't know what's happened to me because he's not my type at all. Yeah, neither. Not to look at as such. Like I like, you know, like a, I like his vibe. I'm vibing. Yeah. I like what he's anyway, putting out. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how that relates to Lumira's Cuban tobacco, but here we are. Uh, anyway, you've got a story about Alabashe, some product. You haven't listed it, but you've got a, apparently you've got a good story for me. So No, I, I really, I just wanted to read out. So my girlfriend kept sending me links to foundations and said, I want a non-foundation foundation. Mm-hmm. And then I suggested Ultra Makeup Forever Ultra HD and did a little video for her. But she she really just wanted something that was like foundation, but not foundation because she doesn't wear foundation. She's got like a baby and a toddler. So I then actually suggested the Ella Bache Superfluid Great SPF 50 Plus. Has that been? I feel like I've done that as a PWD KWN. I think oh, well, I have. Again. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I've done it. 
<laughs> we're going full circle, aren't we? Anyway, yeah. I sent it to my friend. I sent her a video and she just said, oh my God, this is everything and sent me a photo of it and said, this is exactly what I wanted. Mm -hmm. And then she basically has told everyone she knows to buy it and like all of her like friends and her sister, like they've all bought this. I'm not surprised. It is an amazing tinted moisturizer. It's really, it is a foundation though, I would say. I feel it gives the skin a tint, but it doesn't give you coverage. It gives you that warmth and the evenness that you want but it doesn't give you coverage, if that makes sense. Does that make sense? It'd probably be like I would consider it in a BB cream category. Yeah. Uh, See, the difference is so I had initially suggested the CC cream to her and then I, you know, she doesn't like full coverage, doesn't even want medium coverage. She wants a really light coverage Mm. foundation. She's got great skin. And so she's just like absolutely dead set, like this is the best thing she's ever used. So shout out to my friend Abby. Because I've run out, of, I've clearly run out of products to talk about. Clearly, I know. <laughs> I know. I've got heaps of things coming up. I'm excited for the next few PWD KWNs. I've got heaps of products to talk about. I think that the problem for me at the moment is that I'm not really wearing makeup because I'm yeah. not going anywhere, and then because my impaired barrier. Oh, okay. You haven't really been able to try new products. Yeah. I did though. I did use a seventy dollars sheet mask the other night, and I was like, "From what brand?" It's the Armani sheet mask. It was. $70, but I swear Oof. I was like, best sheet mask I've ever used. I'd hope so. Because <laughs> it was the it was the Cremonera. So Cremonera is like yeah. so expensive. If you're going to spend like- 70 bucks on a sheet mask, it better be the best one you've ever tried. <laughs> well, it was. And I was, I was pleasantly surprised. I was like, wow, I can see why this is like, well, yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't personally, I mean, I might with my 40% discount, but mm. sorry to all the listeners that don't. <laughs> a lot of listeners, I, I often get asked what our discount is. So there you go. It's 40% off. Did you have anything you wanted to finish with? All right. These are people's tweets. Um, yeah. <laughs> hearing other people's kids screaming in Zoom meetings is the best new form of birth control. <laughs> can oh, my confirm. God, I can totally relate to that. The kids next door are just always screaming and I'm like, that just really puts me off. <laughs> Hiding when you see someone you went to high school with in public counts as self-care. <laughs> <laughs> so true. Oh, the masks make it so much easier, though, to walk straight past someone. Yep. Uh, just because he dated you for seven years, it doesn't mean he will marry you. My uncle studied medicine for six years. He's now a DJ. <laughs> <laughs> Have you been listening to any good podcasts at the moment or like read any good books? No. <laughs> no, no, really? I've been told about a hundred times to watch The sh- the Social Dilemma and I still haven't watched it. Yeah, I'm going to watch that too because I think it's really relevant for us and our social media addictions for sure. I agree, yeah, but I'm just worried it'll put me off Instagram and I just that's the only thing that I have to do at the moment. Yeah. But I do have a crime series recommendation for those of you who also like crime stuff. Outcry on Stan is really good um, for anyone who's looking for something to watch. Oh, BDIQ Uncensored. We're in the top charts <laughs> today, Joe. <laughs> 50, number Are 53. We? Yeah, number oh, 53 today. Good for us. That's pretty good. Thanks, guys. We do guys. recommend that one, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Highly recommend. Oh, my God, yes, I do have one Netflix recommendation, Enola Holmes. What's that? It's the new Netflix show and Henry Cavill is Sherlock Holmes in it and he is such a spunk. You will really enjoy it. Okay, good tip. Do you know I listened back to the episode last week and I was like, I sound shrill 
So I'm really sorry if anyone. I'm going to say like, honestly, if you ever do a podcast and I'm speaking to our listeners, just be prepared to hate yourself after you listen to it because listening back to your own voice is the most torturous thing ever. So apologies that you have to listen to us, but. Yeah, I, I sometimes listen back to myself and I'm like, do people hate me? Like I sound shrill. Like, yeah, oh I feel the same. <laughs> and now we're probably going to get people reviewing it saying, yes, we do. We yeah, do you sound neutral. <laughs> I hate your voice. I really sometimes don't understand. My sister said one of like a crime podcast she listens to is like an Aussie girl. And did I tell you this, how people no. were reviewing it saying they didn't like her accent? And it's like, if you don't like her accent and her voice, don't li- like, exactly. just don't listen. Just don't listen and don't say anything mean. That's my motto for 2020. <laughs> I know. That's my motto too for 2020. <sighs> All right. Well, bye, guys. Thanks, everyone, for joining us today. Don't forget to subscribe and tell your friends. It helps other people to discover us. And also, we really want to know what you thought about this podcast. So if you can leave us a review, that would be much appreciated. Bye.